Welcome into the Scuttlebucks. Buccaneers, victorious in dramatic fashion. That's not even the lead. A lot of fun to talk about another win, especially as it played out, but we're trying to get a feel for where the Bucs are going to be come playoff time. One more regular season game to go, of course, before we get started. I'll note that our friends at Bill Curry Ford, same sponsor as last year, right here with us for the new year. Happy New Year, everybody. If you have your eye on a new Ford truck or you want out of your lease, let's say, Reach out directly to Bill Curry Ford GM, Sean Sullivan. He'll help you personally. You can find his email at BillCurryFord.com, or you can go by the Bill Curry Ford showroom there, one mile north of the stadium on Dale Mabry Highway in Tampa. Huge Bucks fans, always have been, and they support the community as well. Players and coaches alike from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get their vehicles from Bill Curry Ford. Bill Curry Ford, nationwide lifetime warranty, new and used vehicles. Remember, Sean Sullivan will help you personally if you ask him to. As for the Joe Bucks fan discount, BillCurryFord.com. Let's just start with a, a reminder. It's always a cool thing, Tom. By the way, I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Uh, we we I, I don't know that we've ever taken it for granted, certainly as diehard football fans in general. You probably got tired of hearing about it. But when he was on your team and you're, you're witness to some of the, the subtle things and the not-so-subtle things that he does week in and week out, you're reminded that Tom Brady is not having – any of your BS. He's just not having it. It's it's like my man will make plays and defy logic time and again. And even when there are moments where he's not playing well or there are lulls, he'll snap you back into reality with the drive we saw yesterday. 93 yards, no timeouts, and no AB, and no Godwin, and you're down to Le'Veon Bell at running back because people get hurt in-game. In essence, it's not like they didn't have weapons, but they were much more coverable, and Tom Brady finds a way and does what he does and gets the big chunk play prior to the last chunk play, which is, of course, a touchdown, and we're all just sitting there in awe thinking, well, that just happened. That's pretty well amazing. Yeah, you know what's crazy is uh talked about it on, on Friday's edition of the Scuttlebucks that you know, it's too bad Tom slowed down because otherwise he would have flown over 5,000 yards in the 16-game plateau. He damn near hit it. On that final drive, he damn near hit it. He's at 4,990 yards for the 16-game season, right? So if you compare this to all other years in Bucks history, it's not the most touchdowns th or most yards thrown for by a Buccaneers quarterback, but it's damn close. And this is with a balanced offense. So he's thrown for 4,990, 40 touchdowns, and 12 picks. That is his season, a completion percentage of 66.9. By the old guard ways, those numbers are phenomenal and one of the great numbers, too, because this group really showed out on the final drive as well. 682 pass attempts. That's not dropbacks. 682 pass attempts. You combine it with all dropbacks, that's over 700 dropbacks for Tom Brady. He's only been sacked 21 times. And one of the keys yeah. I thought to the final drive, it's a drive in which you don't complete a pass to Mike Evans. If you did get one to Gronk, it was earlier in the drive, but I don't think he did. He, was, he had time to go from read one to two to three all the way back to four. That throw to Grayson all oh. the time in the world for the touchdown. I know there were others to Grayson on the drive. Unbelievable. And, and that was, you know, it's really hard these days, having watched Brady last year, having seen the unbelievable finish of the first half against Green Bay, the win in the Super Bowl, all that stuff. It's really hard to feel shocked anymore as a Bucks fan. I was stunned. When that ball is completed inside the five-yard line and I realize the angle that safety took is not going to get it done, I'm off the couch. I'm off the couch like I'm 12 again. 
That was an unbelievable final drive. Just crazy. I I, I did too, Tom. I, I'm I'm glad you invoke that childlike uh, memory of football magic, right? That, that that occurs when you're a kid and you're new to the game and you love it and you're passionate about it and you think you have a handle on it and then you see something you've never seen before or you see something that you know is preternaturally great or uh, whether it's a feat of athleticism or if it's intelligence or both or whatever it might be, it's toughness. It, you know, usually toughness will bring you uh, to the edge of your seat as well. You know, and and I, I just, that that is a professional football team on the other side playing really hard for their coach who I like. And I think it's kind of a shame if you're a Jets fan, they they, they should have won the game, um, but they didn't win the game and they this don't have too Tom bad. Brady. It, it's too bad. Yeah, I know you're. I know you're heartbroken about it. Yeah, no, I'm saying like I. I just I could sit. I could. I can pity people who who are sitting there knowing. So they botched the fourth down play, and you find out afterwards it's not even the call, and they screw that up. And and that's just that's an indicator that well they're the Jets, um, because how how can that happen? How does that? How does the the play call not get relayed properly on fourth down after you've called a timeout? They called a yeah. timeout prior to the play. So you really can't ever have that happen out of a timeout, but I don't care. It did happen. And so they botch it. And even still, I'm thinking, man, this is improbable. They're playing hard. They've had a pretty good handle on what we've done down the field today. We haven't been able to create chunk plays down the field today. I'm thinking, do you have enough time with no timeouts and, and guys that you don't have a rhythm with? Can you get, you know, can you find a 35-yard play in there? Because you're going to have to find one. You know that it's you're going to take what's given to you early, but from there you're going to have to find a chunk play somewhere. Somebody's going to have to have a breakdown or make a play, and then you find that play. And I'm not going to lie; I mean, every Buck fan could probably tell you exactly what they were thinking moment by moment. But when he found Johnson for the chunk play, mm -hmm. I, I I said to my son, "We're going to win." I mean, they're they're going to win. The Bucks yeah. are going to win. I mean, I, I thought for certain the Bucks were going to win, and. You know, it's like it's just once the Jets gave the Bucks the opportunity at three or four plays from their side of the fifty, I was like, "Well, this is what Tom does." Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess that I, I thought it would take a little bit longer. I thought it might come down to us getting down to about the twelve and have two shots at it. Mm -hmm. But uh, obviously, Tom with the pump fake gets the safety to to misstep even a little bit. And Grayson, with his speed, is over there on the side. That's a great throw, by the way. That's a hard throw to make. I don't know that. Everybody appreciates the throw because of how open Grayson is, but that's wide side of the field for him, and that is a long throw, and it's got to have a lot on it, and it's pinpoint accurate. Yeah, you know, um, Joe Buck's fans' Twitter account, they, they retweeted a, a pro football focus guide today, and, and the pro football focus point, the, this account's point, was that Tom Brady leads the NFL in big-time throws, and they, they've got a metric for how they determine what mm -hmm. a big-time throw is. It's, I think it's got to be air yards and maybe a certain amount of time, and maybe it also has to do with uh, the coverage window or the small window. Whatever the metric is, at 44 years old, your quarterback in Tampa Bay leads the entire NFL in big-time throws, and the video clip that they had was the end zone copy of the All-22 of the throw he made to Gronk up the seam. Oh, that's insane. That it should have been picked, but it's a perfect throw. It felt like it. As he's letting it go, what are you doing? And this is just after all the controversy. He's pissed off about the no defensive holding calls. He's freaking out on the sidelines. He's back, man, by the way. That guy I was looking for, that's just that nasty son of a gun on the sidelines who's going to scream people down. There were like nine clips of him yelling at officials and or teammates yesterday, and yeah. I said, yes, okay. 
And what does he do? That angry son of a gun <laughs> leads him down the field later. But that's what we're – it's like if you think Tom Brady's getting old, it might be true in terms of his driver's license and his birth certificate, but in terms of the big throws down the field – He's as good as he's ever been. Maybe there's lacks in, of consistency and lulls in games, and you talked about that last week. But when you're talking about the ability to make the throws like a Herbert or a Mahomes, he's still punching well above his own weight class in that particular regard. So it's fair to expect that you still have more than a puncher's chance in the playoffs, even though you don't have Chris Godwin and the lead that we buried for today, you don't have Antonio Brown anymore either. Well, uh, thanks for serving it up because I was heading this uh, in that direction. You know, I got a lot on Twitter yesterday and in social media in general of people who listen to the Scuttlebox or they listen to the Jeff Cameron Show weekday afternoons from 1 to 3 on 93.3 Real Talk Radio in Tallahassee or War Chant TV. And they've heard your and I's evaluation of the Antonio Brown uh, acquisition uh, going back to last year. And they've heard you and I have at length discussions about how conflicted we were with that acquisition. Antonio Brown, the player, if we're just evaluating the player, is always in shape and really good. I'll just simplify things for everybody. We don't have to get into much more detail than that. He is always in shape and really good. Frequently, he's uncoverable. When he's your only weapon, as he was a week ago, they still couldn't cover him. So it's an indicator of why he gets so many chances, why he has so many opportunities to turn his back on his teammates and his family and friends and those that do care about him, why he gets every opportunity to be in breach of contract and get another chance, why he has every opportunity to say and do absurd things and get another chance, because he's that good. There's no getting around it. There's direct correlation in this world to your talent and how much people will put up with, in particular, your employer. And he is case in point. And so there's that. We first guessed that Antonio Brown would have this moment. Maybe not this very specific moment, this exact detail in which he takes off his shoulder pads and his shirt and throws it into the stands and runs through the end zone while the game is going on out the, uh, out the entranceway. We didn't guess that, but we weren't far from it, Tom. We said that at some point, Antonio Brown will do what Antonio Brown has always done. He'll have a transgression that you can't come back from and that you can't accept, and that as a coach or an organization, you're going to have to remove yourself from. Now, we crossed our fingers at the time that it wouldn't be criminal because he's had many criminal transgressions in which he is accused of violence towards women, in which he has punched an Uber driver, in which he has, and you name the, any number of really abhorrent things that Antonio Brown is alleged to have done and has been proven to do. So we thought, I want no part as an organization to bring a guy on like that, no matter how talented he is, if he's going to commit criminal acts. You're welcoming a criminal amongst the, uh, amongst the Tampa Bay area. And we said it, I think, as bluntly as that. And there was pushback to that. There were, there were some people who said that, no, come on, man, what are you guys you know, um, goody goodies. You can't handle the fact that, that there's a few bad apples out there. The guy's a dog. He's a baller. You're going to want him on your team. And to be sure, he helped the Bucs win the Super Bowl. And to be sure, he helped the Bucs win a lot of games. They meant not other one have won, including last week's game. But we were trying to find that balance of what is acceptable, what yep. isn't in a league of mercenaries, Tom, what is okay and what isn't okay. So now it brings us, sorry, I'm so long-winded here, but I think I'm summarizing the points. People then came out and said yesterday, well, it took long enough, but Tom and Jeff turned out to be correct. 
they turned out to be right about Antonio Brown. No, we were always right about Antonio Brown. And unless you stuck your head in the sand, you, you knew this about Antonio Brown. But here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to get on and celebrate Antonio Brown's, uh, I guess you would say, final moment perhaps in the NFL. I don't know. It's tough to come back from this one. I don't know that I've ever seen a player quit in the middle of a game and take his shirt off and run off the field. I mean, if there's any more greater income that you can know, I mean, uh, indicator, excuse me, that you can no longer be an enabler for a man who has severe mental health issues, wouldn't this be it? Wouldn't this be the thing that you would finally say, okay, you know, some of the stuff off the field where he said, she said, or this guy, that guy said, that's one thing we let the legal uh, matters take their course, right? And we'll let the law enforcement agencies investigate that. We, we That's not our job. But this, this is very much a problem for NFL teams, coaches, GMs, owners, and the league in, itself. So I would think that that may have very well been his last moment uh, on an NFL football field. We'll see. Lots of guys come back. But I think that I, it's probably smart not to celebrate that, but rather just note it and say, we kind of always thought it was coming. It's unfortunate because clearly the man's disturbed. He's got real world problems. I'm not forgiving him for it, Tom, but I'm also just not going to sit here and dance on a grave. I don't really care. I don't want him on the team. He needs to be gone. He's a distraction. And no matter how much he could have helped you, it can't be good for his teammates, players, coaches, and fans alike. Yeah, to me, um, he's clearly got an, another level of issues that maybe he didn't have when he was early in his career in the NFL. And I saw that a lot yesterday, the conversation about, you know, the hit from Vontez Perfect, and maybe that changed who Antonio Brown was with the, you know, the wild swings in, in bipolar emotion because perhaps CTE is is, is here and, and, and present. And that's that's where we are in the NFL. It's kind of crazy because you think about it in Tampa's history, Vincent Jackson was known to be a Walter Payton Man of the Year candidate every year, kind of like Mike Evans is. And the next thing you know, you know he's he's dead. And, and they find out without a diagnosed concussion in his entire playing career, at least in the, in the pros, he had CTE, which is a very scary thing. And so the fact that that's a part of the larger discussion anytime you see wild mood swings tells you that how dangerous the game is to play and how real that danger is. But I believe Antonio Brown to be human trash before any of that ever happened because you talk to anybody who was around him. Ryan Smith, the guy from ESPN, who knows all about the early days of Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh. Ryan and what, Clark. Ryan Clark, sorry. Ryan Clark, who knows all about the early days in Pittsburgh with Mike Tomlin having to manage whatever the hell was going on behind the scenes and things that nobody knows about or talks about. And Ryan Clark challenges Antonio Brown to say, I dare you. I dare you to speak down to me because I know I have the receipts about who you are. So he said, "I know where the bodies are buried, right?" And he didn't mean that literally, but yeah, he might have. I don't know. Like I wouldn't <laughs> put that past Antonio Brown. Now, am I dancing on somebody's playing day's grave? No. But am I going to um, follow what Tom Brady asked for in the post game, which is empathy? Oh. I don't have any empathy for that piece of crap. Now he helped us win a Super Bowl. There's no doubt about that. He had the two touchdowns in that game. One was a wrong route that Brady was able to. Uh, that was the throw just before halftime that Brady was able to adjust to. He hits him. Antonio Brown is. Still uncoverable, pretty much. Still uncoverable. He was playing with a bum ankle. That is the genesis of the argument yesterday. But there's an argument every day from what I gather based upon what Schefter and Rappaport have been saying. He thought he wasn't well enough to go in the game. The coaching staff told him to go in the game. He said no, and they said get the hell out of here. You're fine. You've been medically cleared to play. So that was the report this morning from NFL Network as to what the specifics were. But there was always going to be something. And the transgression already happened with the vaccine card. That's just dumb. You can't get out of your own way. 
the Bucks fan of me is conflicted because our chances of winning the Super Bowl, obviously, got worsened. But the purist in me is a little bit happier because, like I said last year, and I'll stay consistent to it, watching Antonio Brown play for us took a little bit of joy out of being a Bucks fan. Was I still yeah. rooting for yeah. the Bucks? Yeah, I was. And it was easier to watch the Super Bowl in which it's Tyreek Hill against Antonio Brown, which you compare yeah, yeah. those guys' resumes, it's a little bit easier to go, well, 50-50 here. But I'm a little bit happier now to see what Cyril Grayson is doing, and he is not being denied. And, in fact, he's climbed Scotty Miller off the depth on the depth chart. He's climbed Perriman on the depth chart. We were talking last week on Scuttle how this is a big week for Antonio and Perriman because maybe they're the future at receiver. Well, Antonio's gone, and Grayson's the one that showed out. So this is interesting for me down the stretch. Next week's going to be another big one for these guys too. It's huge, and I agree with you. I think the, the, if we're going to shine a light on Cyril Grayson, we should and celebrate it because by all accounts, that guy has done nothing but work his ass off to get to a place where Tom Brady trusts him. And, you yeah. know, that was mentioned after the game. Yes. Bruce talked about how Tom came to him. Well, Bruce came to Tom and said, what do you think about Grayson? You know, because obviously they had seen some good things in practice, Tom. There's no way that Arians is walking over to Tom Brady to say, hey, man, what do you think about that kid? What do you think about him? You know, unless they had seen some yeah. things. So – I love that that's the kind of relationship that they have, first of all. He walks over and says, what do you think about Grayson? Because he knows Tom's going to shoot him straight. Tom's going to tell him, like, he needs more work. He's, you know, he's a good kid. He's still working on it. Well, maybe next year. Or he's going to tell him, I like him. Put him in the lineup. Well, he told him, I like him. I trust him. I trust him were the exact words. Put him in the lineup. Okay. Maybe right. you, you, you've just developed a player now that long-term – can be a viable starter for you down the line. Who knows? We'll see. But it's a good human interest story. It's something that for us to celebrate from a football standpoint. And one last thing to put a ribbon on the Antonio Brown thing. I'm not saying I have great empathy. I don't want us to get into the weeds of mental health and all of that. It does matter. It does. I mean, we're not Neanderthals. You and I understand that. All I'm saying is it is clear that he has serious issues that he is not adhering to in the way of, getting fixed. Either he's not on his medication, refuses it. Maybe he's just a bad guy. Maybe he's just a terrible human being. Might be. But there are, and that's fair to say. It's fair to wonder. He's maybe just a terrible human being. Seems that way. It's also easy for us to say from outside, I don't know if he has CTE or not. I don't know if he's, you know, whatever it is. I just know he can't be on the team. So the Bucks did the right thing. That was the point. The point was that it didn't take but seconds for that to be the truth was he's gone. We're moving on. Good, because quite frankly, I would have done it. I would have jettisoned him after the fake vaccine card. What kind of dumbass? We, anyhow, I don't want to get in the weeds again. I would, <laughs> I would have, I would have let him go right then and there. Yeah. Sorry. Now we move forward. Hooray's the, the the Grayson thing is amazing. I the Bucks do. To your point, they've got a, a a real puncher's chance. Of course they do. They have the greatest quarterback that ever lived. They have arguably the greatest tight end that ever lived. They've got an all-world uh, right tackle. They've got a Pro Bowl center. Uh, the others are more than adequate. Marpet's a really good player. So you've got a decent offensive line. you got a good second tight end. You've got uh, a, a, a Buc Buccaneers ring of honor wide receiver in Mike Evans. There's no doubt he'll he'll be in that ring of honor for Tampa Bay. Um, eventually, maybe even the Hall of Fame. We'll see where his career goes from here. So they've got weapons. I mean, they're going to work Perryman in. They're going to, you know, they're going to find a way here. Um They'll be competitive. Now, I need those running backs to get healthy. I'll tell you yeah. that right now because the Bucs want to run the ball. It's pretty clear the Bucs want to run the ball. And Ronald Jones ran the ball hard, but he can't catch and he doesn't pass blocks. So we need all of those guys, and we need Fournette to get back. This will be an interesting week.
It is. Uh, yeah, you get everybody that needs to be on the men's. You sit them down. I know that Bruce said that we're not going to sit our starters. We're going to play our starters. Okay, to a point. I mean, Mike Evans looked fine yesterday. Um, he didn't have a ton of yards, but it looks like now, you know, obviously he'll be active against Carolina. That was a new development after we recorded on Friday. That it was, yeah. oh, oh, he's going to play? Fine. He's 54 yards away from the 1,000. They're going to get him those 54 yards as long as he doesn't come out of the game with an injury. So he's going to hit that plateau, which is a nice little thing for him. But I'm looking at the playoff structure now, and we could go into this more on Friday. It's crazy how the NFL now not only flexes Sunday night football in Week 17, now they put two games on Saturday, which is just like, whoa. So these teams, uh, it's the Eagles and the Cowboys that have the short week for their Week 18 finale. But I'm looking at the way that the standings shake out. If the season ended today, the Bucks have the three seed by virtue of Arizona's victory over Dallas. So the Bucks would have the three seed which means if they win the wild card game, which would be against San Francisco, yikes, you go on the road and you play the Rams, who I don't feel bad about playing right now. That, that completely I'd like to play him right now because, because their quarterback will throw you the ball. He can't stop throwing pick sixes. He can't I'm stop. Saying, I'm saying I, I don't feel bad about it either. Now, I will say I'm not in love with facing that defense. Mm -hmm. um, but, yes, I, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I'm not – as yes, it beats the hell out of playing Green Bay. Uh, beats you know, I actually yeah, I'm be fine with it. So here's what's interesting about this: if if you have this weekend because it's 49ers Rams in Week 18, this gets fun. If the 49ers win, we win. Stupid Baltimore, we had this. Oh, I know, I know. Then we get the two. We were never going to catch Green Bay. That that game was that God. I almost said God. Well, I, I suppose I could. It's a podcast. God damn, yeah. Sean Manny, what the hell is that? Terrible. Yeah. Uh, you get the two seed. Right, and then LA has to come to you in the second week if it all goes chalk after that. And maybe you're looking at a game against the Eagles, who are at the at the seven. So if you win, the Rams lose to the 49ers. You're staring at a game against the Philadelphia Eagles in the wild card round as a two seven. And what this has all been about for the last few weeks to me is, with all the injuries, survive the wild card round. I don't care how you do it survive it because I believe that we will be a fully healthy version of ourselves, sans Godwin, by the time we get to the second round of the playoffs. So win it this weekend, root like crazy for the 49ers to beat LA Rams, and you've got yourself a real good chance at winning that first round game, and then we'll see what happens. That that's, I just want a fair crack at it with as many healthy bodies as we can have. I don't know that we're going to have a fair crack at it in the wild card round beyond the fact that the game's going to be in Tampa where we do score a ton of points. Yeah, and Tom will elevate and do what he does. It'll be a fun game. Yes, just get your pieces and let's go make a run. That's all this was ever about was get healthy and go make your run. See what happens. Let the chips fall where, where they may. A reminder for everybody that will you know wring their hands and, and stress out over this. We're playing with house money. I, too, want to win back-to-back -back Super Bowls. It'd be cool. Very few teams have ever done it. It is hard as hell to do. We're seeing all the reasons why. But there is this one, this undercurrent, and a buddy, of, a mutual friend of ours and I were texting yesterday after the game, and it just feels like, are we sure that everybody's coming back next year? Like, do you feel that Brady is most certainly coming back, or, or is this, you know, is this one last ride? Is Bruce going to be back? Not that that matters as much as Brady, but, I mean, I, I just wonder. I have this little weird suspicion, like, is, might he entertain another market? I, I don't even know. It's just, so while you have it, while you have it, let's, let's go take care of it. Yeah, no, no. But I, a, I do think Brady will be back next year. He's had a fantastic season, and he'll have another fantastic season next year. I do believe that. I think he'll come back. Now, you're going to lose some guys. 
Uh, I don't think Ronald Jones is back, and we've talked a few about a few other guys yeah. on this team that aren't back. You know, no big deal. But yeah, I mean, OJ Howard's not coming back, but we're not losing sleep over that. He's not like he's here now. Um, JPP so it's, won't it's, be back in all likelihood unless they uh, unless they can prove that they can repair that shoulder in a way that makes him five years yeah. younger. He's he's done. Yeah, he, he seems shot. Nice career for him, though. Real yes. nice for, career for him. Uh, we'll we'll be forever thankful to him. Uh, no, I think I think they got enough weapons to come back and be a good team again next year. I think they win the NFC South again next year. But that's it. Eh, let's just I'm with you. Let's get on this. Let's see if we can get this done, and uh, and hope like hell they're healthy because I, that's the only thing I want the ability to go down swinging. Yeah, we may not be able to beat Green Bay on the road. It, it, they look like a team that's going to the Super Bowl. I think Green Bay is better than Tampa Bay as we sit here today. Does that mean Tampa Bay couldn't win the game? Of course not. Get in the game. Get in the game and let's find out. Let's go. All the pressure in the world will be on Green Bay if that happens. Oh, if absolutely. Happens, Last year oh. with Brady going into your house, even though they had yeah. 25% you know, fan capacity, Brady oh, goes yeah. into your house and beats you. Absolutely. And with that run defense, that run defense is gettable. They, they could you know, send the house last night against Minnesota with Manny and a quarterback. But I think if you have a healthy four net and you got that offensive line ready to go and nobody gets hurt between now and then, I mean, you could run it down Green Bay's throat. Our Cleveland proved that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It's I just want the opportunity. A lot of tough games between now and then, but I'd love to yeah. see that opportunity. The only way that happens is if you get healthy. For Tom Wang, I'm Jeff Cameron. Thanks for listening to the Scuttlebucks, everybody. Thanks to Bill Curry Ford. Thanks to JoeBucksFan.com. We'll talk to you again on Friday. Be good.